Welcome to Caverns and Comedians, Dungeons and Dragons powered storytelling with Toronto Comedians. Last time, our adventurers continued their quest to retrieve the magic artifact known as the Kidney from the city sewers. Having found their way into the sewers, they promptly killed a group of Cobalt City workers who may or may not have been evil. They were evil. They happen to be kobolds who are known for their evilness, but really did they take the chance to uh, get to know these guys. On their bodies, they find a collection of short swords, uh, jumpsuits with city markings on them, uh, a card from someone's small child saying, Happy birthday, Daddy. Hey, this swan's head fits nicely on my hand. Like, if it's a puppet, I could make his head move. Look at this. I'm a kobold. <laughs> I'm pretty good. Oh, God, we knew their names. Uh, on the body of Daryl, uh, you also find a map of the sewer, which obviously they used to go to certain problem points that they were trying to repair as they were actually on their way to do. Uh, Agata explores, investigates the map of the sewer to see if she can find a back door to the filtration plant. Finnick uh, takes the mouse from the top of the head. Hey! Uh, what? I need another mouse. All right. But well, let's ask Cornelius what he has to say about it. I don't know. I'm a kobold. I'm a <laughs> As you shake him, his wedding ring falls off. Balcor, maybe stop playing with the dead heads. You don't own me. And some of his insulin, which he had to take daily. Okay, guys, you know what? Uh, I think... It might be a problem if uh, someone were to find all these bodies here. So I'm just going <coughs> to... Uh, Mulder sort of slides one of the bodies over the railing into the sewer with his foot and continues to do that to all the bodies as nonchalantly as possible. Uh, there's such a It's such a shallow thing that eventually the pile of bodies becomes a visible pile of bodies. Uh, Mulder takes one of the short swords and just sort of pokes the bodies to try to dislodge them so that they'll flow down in the sewer, just sort of... And you have yourself some floaters. That'll that'll do. That'll, yeah. Uh, Agata, with the map, uh, you find that there are a lot of tunnels. You guys could have gotten lost for days wandering around blindly. Fortunately, this is an official city worker map of it. Uh, it has some has some numbers on it for like these are obviously work orders that they were basically on their daily rounds checking things out. Uh, you do see uh, the filtration plant marked very clearly on it. It's going to take you maybe you figure uh, twenty minutes to walk there. Like you now have a clear route of how to get there. Okay, folks, we got a way to get the filtration plant. You done playing with the bodies now? What's that, Cornelius? You know the way to go. Yeah, you just need to go down there. All right, Cornelius' head, let's do it. Uh, Balgor walks that way. Uh, Balgor, Margaret, can you can you please put the head with, with, with the bodies, just with the rest of the bodies? I, he wants to be with his friend. Cornelius wants to be with his friends. No, I think that, at the very least, this is what we can do for him. Bring him along on an adventure. I think it's what he'd want. And Balgor, you're walking the wrong way. That's the way we came. After taking some time to uh, reflect on their deeds, <laughs> rest up a bit, and uh, the adventures continue on following the map as Agatha uh, leads them on. This way, folks. Balgor, Balgor, this way. This way. You hear the sounds of what sounds could be rats uh, in from far corners, but the path they're on seems to be taking you through a safer area. 
of the sewers. Obviously, uh, the sanitation department knows that there are some dangers down here. Maybe that explains why they were carrying weapons. Uh, and eventually, you come up to what looks like a hatch. It's got one of those... Uh, as though you were going into a submarine. It's a circular hatch. It has a wheel on it. What's that, Cornelius? You know a secret way in? All right. Balgor starts turning the hatch open. Can I just say, I don't think it's a great idea to get advice from, from a head that's being fed by a voice within Balgor's head. That like that's that's just not who we should be taking advice from. I just can we can we do anyone else? Can can anyone? I mean, does, is, are we going off the map? Maybe I would feel more comfortable if we're making this choice based on a map, not based on a decomposing. Balgor's head. arm reaches up uh, uh, with Cornelius's head on the end of it as Balgor continues to open the hatch. Do you want to talk about it, buddy? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't want to talk about it. I, Why not? Hey, we're all friends. This is the way to go. I volunteer the big big guy go through first. Agata is positioning herself behind Balgor as a human shield. The hatch opens. There is the sound of almost rushing air or escaping gas, and then a great conflagration as a jet of fire that seems to go around the entire circle of the hatch, right around where Balgor's head is, just roasts him a bit. Oh. Turning him into basically a cartoon character who's had his head singed because his eyebrows are gone. There are no eyebrows left on that head. Maybe maybe next time uh, stick Cornelius's head in first uh, and use that to check. Cornelius is my friend, though. So should be your own face? I don't get you at all. Balcor, keep moving. What? Just keep moving. All right, we need to deal with something here for a second. Who's the leader of this group? Uh, I don't think we've uh, decided. Cornelius, I nominate you, obviously. Uh, so that's two for Cornelius. And let's go ar- just, just go around the circle. Uh, well, I just refuse to respect any form of authority whatsoever, so I, I, I vote. Um... Okay, that's one abstain. <laughs> so, so far it's two to zero to zero to zero. I think that we should follow Cornelius just because, you know, it's the least we can do. After... All right. Really? That's... Oh, we've, yeah? we've, we've taken him away from a lot of people. Cornelius, where do you want to go? I say we go through it. All right, I could do that. Should I go first? Yeah. Yeah. They kiss. <laughs> As uh, Balgor rises into this room, making out with a skull of a of a little like reptilian small man that he killed, uh, you see that basically you feel as though you're in a maintenance room. Uh, there's lots of pipes on the walls. It's just bare rock everywhere. I God, I would also like to do an awareness check to see if there's any more ambushes here. Uh, okay, you feel very comfortable about most of this room. It's a fairly big room, but you know you are very comfortable that this is an empty room. Something in the back of your head tells you that what just happened entering this room could also happen leaving this room. Balgor, stick Cornelius head through that door. I'm sorry, is someone trying to lead? Just a suggestion, unless you'd like to lose, I don't know, more eyebrows. Hey, Cornelius, what do you think? You want to stick your head through that door? Not really, I mean, it's like... I just want to hang out with you guys, because we're fun and we're friends. Okay, let's sit and have a quick lunch together. I'm pretty sure we just took a rest. 
Huh? Huh? All right, I'm going to rescind my uh, my vote for Cornelius to be the leader. Point of order. Can't call a vote uh, with a, when one's just been called. <laughs> you can't call a rest when one's just been called. Fair enough. You win that point of order. Let's go. Cornelius, why don't you lead by example and take us through the next door? Why don't you go through the door? If you're our elected leader, you should go first. That's not what leaders do. Mm, she's got a point. Hmm. All right, rock, paper, scissors, it is. One, two, three. You don't have a hand. I'm a rock. <laughs> oh, well, I, I took paper, so there we go. See? I didn't even realize you was playing. I'm always up, up for games. It's okay, Chris. Everybody's on your side. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Okay. Okay. They kiss. <laughs> Agata looks around to see if there's a way to disarm any booby traps on the door ahead of them. Uh, so Agata, uh, having a very good sense and a very good feeling about this room, uh, notices it. In fact, there is a switch directly beside the door that is just hidden as though it was a loose rock. You can see that maybe that rock comes out. Uh, Balgor, Balgor. Yeah? Cornelius doesn't have to do anything. I think we can turn off the uh, gas stove fire thingy here with this switch. You cannot make up your mind. All right. And flick. Nothing happens as you leave the door and find yourself in a hallway. The reason you got through that door is because I turned it off. You know that, right? It really means a lot to you that you get to be right, huh? All right. You're right. Back when I was talking to you, not the dead skull. Huh? There's a doorway in front of you. Uh, There's a dead end to your right. To your left, there's a long hallway. There's a T-junction, a doorway, and then at the end, it turns to the right. A, uh, a, a... There's some more doors up there, Cornelius. Uh, give those a look. You love you love doors. You you love them so much. You know me. I do. All right. I'm talking to <laughs> a dead <laughs> Finnick uh, hides his mice a little bit uh, tighter to his body uh, because they are now entering Mordor. I'm supposing that Balgor opens the door and gets hit by a bucket full of water. Uh, at the bottom of this bucket, a note saying, ha ha. Hey, look at that. Some uh, jocular joviality from the Kobolds. Aren't they fun guys? Cornelius, why would you not tell me that this was going to happen? Do you think this is the type of humor that I like? Yeah, I thought it was fun. It's like a fun thing that friends do. No. You betrayed my trust. I'm sorry. I feel as though, uh, Balgor, you've gotten a lot smarter in the uh, the presence of Cornelius. Perhaps we should keep him around? I had no intention of letting him go. I just wanted to clarify that I don't like being deceived. I'm sorry. I was really hoping that would be the thing that pushes him over to dropping the head and not carrying it everywhere we go. Excuse me. I, was... I have a name. Cornelius, I just... Uh... Respect the dead. Right. Well, the room you're in is obviously just the break room. Uh, there's a circular table, some chairs around it. There's a pile of apples in, on a plate. Uh, there's another doorway, but that doorway is labeled smoking area. Agata walks up and grabs one of the apples. Finnick walks up and grabs the rest of the apples. 
They are Honeycrisp. Though at the bottom, there's a Macintosh. <gasps> Go through the next door, I guess, Cornelius. You are our leader. Again! Traditionally, leaders are not the person to go first through things. That is the description of the word leader. They go first. Lead. Yeah, but I, this is not the type of leader I am. I'm like a battlefield leader that I stand at the back and whatnot. You're not standing anywhere. Balgor's holding you. Oh. It's a figure of expression. So Balgor opens the second door, and you're immediately hit with the undeniable waft of cigarette smoke. Uh, obviously, no one's smoking there now, but people smoke there in the past. It's the smoking break room, as the label on the door said. Cornelius closes the door behind her. Uh, you feel that the cool guys hung out here, but also that they would provide you with a lot of business because whoever was using these is obviously going to die of cancer. Okay, so Agata, having heard all of this, just walks back. Obviously, this is the wrong way to go. As she walks back out, she enters the middle of a conversation. No, that's the sort of joke that I was saying is inappropriate, Cornelius. But she was asking for it. She walked in alone, and I just closed the door on her. Then she strapped in there. It's like a funny, it's like a bucket on the head type of prank. Also, uh, you might have, because you're in a heightened sense of awareness, because we were searching the break room, because you're still in a break room, you happen to notice on the wall there is the fire security plan, which includes a floor plan of of the facility. Hey, idiots. How about we look at this map? Maybe it would tell us where to go. Cornelius, you want to look at this too, if you had eyeballs? Okay. We need to have this out right now. Number one, I have eyeballs. I am a full head. Uh, sorry, actually, uh, you only have one. The other one fell. What uh, the? F- well, no! Earlier when the door was on fire, one of the eyeballs sort of fell. Belgo, did you see my eyeball? Out. Are we done? Can sorry. we please look at the map? Please? Uh-huh. Let's look for the kidney. Uh, Maldar will investigate the map intently. Uh, so you see that you are in the break room, as you can obviously tell, hopefully. Uh, you, you went up down that hallway that you saw where the T-junction was. Uh, on the left, there's a large room that is called Pump. Uh, the other way out leads into the courtyard. Uh, directly above the pump room is the pump access control room. Uh, which is adjoining onto the offices. Uh, there are the employee locker room further down that hallway. And in that little building that is kitty corner is labeled security. So Muldar understands that the pump room is probably where the water is being pumped through, and that's what the whole idea of the kidney was. Uh, whereas Agata understands that there's a room labeled pump access, which she figures they have to get into to access the pump. To the pump room. Okay, so we have to go to the pump room, but maybe we should go first to the pump access room. That might be the place we need to get to before we get to the pump. Just uh, throwing that out there. What know? about this, though? Uh, uh, to, to take I vote Phoenix- no. All right. You go up the hallway that you decided not to go down originally. Uh, you pass by the pump room, which has giant metal doors attached to it. You feel that whatever is... Behind this door is probably a giant, giant room. Uh, but these metal doors, if you were to touch them, they would not budge. There's obviously a locking mechanism in the middle of these, like, French door kind of things. If you look down the other end of the T-junction, you can see into the courtyard, where it seems to be a lovely day. Agata leads you up to the doorway that would be access to the office. Agata investigates the door, looking for any more booby traps. 
you see that you don't feel that there's anything wrong with the door. You don't feel a sense of danger coming from it. But you do notice that the doorknob, uh, when you look in between the gap between that, it seems that it's fused straight, uh, that this is a deadbolt, that there's no way you don't see any ma- means of unlocking it. So this is the room you want to get into? The pump access room? I didn't just say so. I'm pretty sure I left a way into this room somewhere. Where was it before I died? It was probably, it was either in the locker room or the security room. Gosh, I can't remember. Hey guys, why don't we go to security? Try and open this door. Since this is where we need to go. I don't know. I'm the only one speaking reason right now, I think. Cornelius is speaking like a lot of reason, I feel like. Well, I was just thinking once again, you know, um, you know, Balgar, you're the, um, how do I say this? You're the, you're the uh, large guy in the party. So I was thinking maybe you could break the door. You could just, you should break it away. Huh. Sort of your job, right? Like if he, it's locked, it's his thing. And then if it's, if it's, it's just not. it's such a nice day outside. I, it is such a nice day outside. And on the way to se- security, I believe we would go outside. So I'm uh, going for the security room. Fine, we'll go have a picnic. We just had a rest, so we can't do that. May I suggest that maybe breaking down a door may not be the greatest idea because it will draw attention to us? How do you draw attention? I don't even have a pencil. Balgor, we're going through the courtyard. Come on, Cornelius. Let's go. Come here, boy. Let's go. You are getting on my last goddamn nerve. Oh, boy, let's go this way. Let's go that way. Can I throw you a stick? Finnick is panting and uh, looking for an opportunity to chase a stick. (laughs) (laughs) I got to walk towards the courtyard. Alone. Door to the courtyard is just a regular swinging door. It barely has a latch on it. You're obviously able to just get through this door very easily. Uh, so, Gata, are you the one f- moving into the courtyard first? I'd like to first investigate if there's... Can I see anything through the door or through a crack in the door? Uh, there's windows on the door. It looks like a nice day outside. As Agata uh, is checking out the door, Finnick just flies past her and runs out into the courtyard. And as soon as he gets out in the courtyard, about five steps into it, gets hit on the head with a giant rock. This rock knocks him unconscious and he falls to the ground. Now that you're out into the courtyard, you see what dropped the rock on Finnick's head. It is a group of three winged kobolds. So these are much like the city workers you saw before, but they are wearing security guard uniforms. They have these adorable little hats that they got on and little badges. Uh, the other two are also holding giant rocks. Uh, Agata tries to reach out and pull Finnick into the room. Unfortunately, uh, the floor is a little wet. It is water filtration plant. Uh, you slip and fall and drop him. It was just a little too heavy and you hadn't braced yourself. Shit. Uh, so Maldar... Sticks his head out the door and shoots an Eldritch Blast straight up and then pokes his head back in. Uh, The blast, it looks very impressive. I'm sure everybody is very impressed at the effort he puts out. Uh, However, the result is a little lackluster. It misses one of the kobolds by at least 10 feet. Uh, They are laughing at you right Uh, now. Warning shot. It was a warning shot. Stay away. Valgor unstraps his longbow and puts uh, Cornelius' head on the top of the longbow. He pulls out an arrow and aims for the doorway, ready to shoot at any enemy he sees. The winged kobolds drop down just into the field of view of the doorway. Uh, the one that has already dropped his rock. And he he's making an obscene gesture, but because he's a kobold, the, it doesn't quite go culturally. You don't know what it means, but you don't like it. The other two uh, remain above. As the winged kobold drops into view... 
Balgor lets out a mighty roar in Cornelius's voice and shoots an arrow. Yeah, take this, you son of a bitch! Gobold suddenly catches a glimpse of this arrow flying at his eye because it's flying directly into his eye. Uh, it knocks the winged kobold down onto the ground. He's now lying prone, and blood is gushing everywhere as he screams and grabs his eye arrow now because they're one and the same. He could have been my brother for all I know. What have I done? Uh, do you have a brother named Cornelius? Waldar shouts at the wounded kobold. No, but I have a father named Cornelius. Oh, thank God. It's not my brother. Okay. Agata pulls out her sword, her long sword, and stabs the writhing kobold right through the chest. Uh, your glorious attempt to give the coup de grace on this kobold hits the badge of the security badge. And unfortunately, it's a very well-made badge. Uh, it manages to deflect the blow, and uh, Cornelius Jr.'s agony continues. However, one of the kobold's cohorts had been preparing uh, for someone to stick their head out of the door, and their rock falls on your head. Maldar risks sticking his head out and shooting an Eldritch Blast up into the air at one of the other kobolds. The Eldritch Blast manages to strike one of the kobolds very square in the face, the one that had just dropped the rock on Agatha. Uh, but as you're looking at that kobold, uh, the other kobold drops a rock on your head. So you leave a kobold flying wildly. Uh, his wings don't seem to be working. <gasps> Balgor takes another arrow and shoots toward the one that is still in the air and uh, appears to be weaving drunkenly. Cornelius screams, I'm going to get you. I'm not good at these uh, at these taunts. The arrow catches him right in the throat. Uh, it was about. It would have screamed normally, but it can't quite get the air through, even, even though the air is rushing around him as he plummets to the ground. Mulder's gonna squint and see if he can read his name tag. It's Daryl Jr. Uh, so the last winged kobold no longer has a rock. It has to swoop down to try to attack with the short sword that it is carrying, obviously issued to him to stop trespassers. Uh, he tries to swing at Balgor and misses. He sort of looks, stops in front of him and gulps. I protected you with an energy shield. Thank you, friend Cornelius. Thank you. They kiss. The name tag on this last one reads Chad Jr. Phoenix breathing sounds as though something's gurgling inside him. Agata, sitting dizzily after her rock head injury, uh, looks at Finnick and casts her healing wound spell while shaking her head, going and says, Finnick, you idiot, you shouldn't have gone out there. Finnick gurgles back into consciousness, uh, looking hale and hearty and almost as good as new. Wait a second. What's happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me tell you. Oh, no time! Maldar runs out through the doorway and drives his spear into the already wounded Kobal on the ground. As the spear goes into Cornelius Jr.'s chest, he looks up at the skull on Balgor's bow and says, Father! No, you're not going to go any farther, you little dummy. Uh, I, I'm getting the hang of the taunting now. Balgor pulls out an arrow and lets forth a point-blank shot at the last kobold winged in front of him. Balgor shoots as Cornelius cries, You 
yeah, are dumb. I lost it. I lost it. The kobold <laughs> would love to respond to this, but he currently has a giant bleeding gut wound. Uh, he is looking very bad. He's looking as bad as Cornelius Jr. did just before he died. His response, all he does is hold up his hands. Finnick takes his mice out of his pocket and throws them at his face so that they can finish him off by eating his eyeballs. The surrendering kobold <laughs> gets hit in the face with a, a mouse that goes right into the open mouth through which he was uh, trying to say, I surrender, but it was more like, I and the lack of air causes him to fall to the ground dead. Friend! Ah! Belgor pulls the tail of the mouse out of the windpipe. Oh, that was a real close one that could have been much worse. Uh, Agata looks through to see if they have a security card or anything that would be needed for clearance. Agata rifling through the pockets of the security guards. Uh, doesn't notice that she drops her own wallet into one of their pockets that when she pulls it out, she th- thinks that it was in there already. I put a road dent in your plan to live. I like it. it it's way too late, though. The like- corpses have no comeback to that. Uh, so it's about a uh, 10-foot walk to the, the door of the security room. Uh, it's looks, it's a big stone square room. It's sort of connected to the walls. Uh, it, it has a door on it. It's a big wooden door with sort of an arched top. And uh, there's a big heavy knocker in the middle. And there's a big keyhole, like a real big keyhole that if someone had a security card, they could have put it in there. Hey, Finnick, want to go through this door? Hmm. You don't have a really big key. Yeah, but once again, it's it's like you're the um, <coughs> roguish member of the party, so it's just sort of it's it's like your job that when we hit a door, we can't so get through. Right. I, I just what I've been I've been really hoping that at some point I would say, "Hey, person who's good at opening doors, open door," and then someone would respond by opening the door. That's just what I've been hoping for all day. In the time that it's taken Maldar to say this, Finnick has uh, moved around him and tried to pick the door. Finnick does manage to open this door because basically the act of pushing on it to use his thieves tools allowed the door to slide open. It was unlocked. Thank you. I mean, thanks, Finnick. You really helped. I feel like it was my skills that helped this. The more intelligent among you reason that the security team, which normally is stationed inside, was the security team you met and disposed of. I've reasoned that the security team we met was the one that we've already disposed of. Inside, uh, you see there's the racks on which the daggers and the short swords and such, uh, they're weapon racks, basically. Uh, most of them are gone. About the same number of workers you've killed. There's also a... There are three wheels, almost like the wheels to a hatch. Um, there's one that just labeled one, one that's labeled two, and one that's labeled three. On the duty roster, you notice that there's a little note appended to it saying uh, wheel codes forthcoming when work crew returns. Inside the room, there is nothing explaining it. Uh, On the back of that, uh, because you're so perceptive, is a note saying get the codes from the office. Yeah, the office was the locked door that you've come here to open. So Cornelius, you are part of the work crew. Do you think you could return to the office? I know I left some way... It was either here in the security office or in the locker room when my locker... Sure it wasn't the barracks. I usher Finnick away. You're not talking to Cornelius. You're talking to Valgor's interpretation 
of Cornelius. Don't res- disrespect the dead. Agata tries to investigate the wheels themselves to see if there's any way to tell what they correspond to. There's two things that lead out, and you know that there are three wheels. Two, two pipes that lead out. One to the gate, one back into the build, one back into the complex. All, all three pipes from the wheels go into a box, and from out of that box, there are two pipes leading out. I think I have an idea on how to solve this puzzle. We turn all the wheels. Puzzle solved. All right. Balgor turn wheel. No, no, Balgor, no, 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 no. As I got to no. protest, Meldar turns another wheel. Finnick hides behind a bookcase. All right. Uh, so if you're turning wheel number one, you hear the large creaking of the gate. The front gate is now open. As Muldar turns wheel number three, he hears it almost sounds like a sad trombone. Uh, the box opens. You have no way to discover how it opens, and you get slimed. Unfortunately, this slime is a little tingly. Now, in, in, in one sense, I've fallen for a trap. But in another sense, I've ruled out an option. So so hot. So we're making progress here. I'm going to go lie down for a bit. Agata turns wheel number two. You hear the sound of a door uh, that office was. Agata looks at her compatriots, sighs, walks out towards the office door, shaking her head. Yeah, you really figured something out there. Good for you. Can somebody clap for me? Yeah, I feel like I, we get, I get full credit for that too, right? Like, my, my plan worked. Walk back to the open office door that you see now. Uh, you see inside uh, there is a large desk, a nice comfortable chair behind it, some filing cabinets. Uh, there's a little, looks like a, uh, looks like a fuse box almost. One of those combination locks on it, but it looks pretty flimsy. Agata, having learned her lesson, doesn't enter the room, but looks through the doorway and investigates to see if there's any ambush or trap. Finnick uh, dashes through the door and directly into the the recline the chair behind the desk because it looks very comfortable. It's a normal normal office. All right, all right. So I'm tired of asking Finnick to open things, so I'm gonna solve this lock on my own. Good luck. Mulder hits it with his spear. The spear kind of glances off. Like, if you got a direct hit on it, maybe it would have been so flimsy looking. Nothing happens. It just sort of jangles. Well, you wanted something smashed. That's my forte. Why didn't you just say that in the first place? I could smash that lock. I'll swing my battle axe as I'm doing right now as I talk. Uh, the lock gives way completely. If It seems as though almost it turned into butter under the blow of his axe. And you now have a lockless little box there. I did that one-handed. You know, you don't, you don't have to rub it in. I mean, it, like I said, it's your forte, and I was just I was trying to pick up the pace. Trying no, to... I'm saying I appreciate you taking the lead. You know what? Point of order. I think we should vote for a new leader. Agata investigates what is inside the now open box. A big red button. So we're just going to leave this whole leader thing on the table, huh? We'll talk about it later. We were both going to vote for you. Uh, okay. No, uh, I guess if I am authority then, and I'm not evil, then, yeah, I, I, I vote me as leader. I vote if we press the red button. I also vote for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Friendship buttons. We're all going to die. Okay. Mulder presses the big red button with his palm. Agata hides behind Balgar, using him as a human shield yet again. Finnick just lays back in the chair, waiting to see what happens. 
so the doors that you passed earlier to the pump room uh, were just sort of around the corner down the hall. From that direction, uh, you hear the sound of almost a great gas escaping, uh, the sound of large metal gears turning and scraping against each other, and the creaking of big, heavy doors. Mulder investigates the pump room. It seems to be a bright light as you walk down the hallway to the pump room. Uh, the doors have opened inwards, and there's a bright, shining blue light that comes out of it. In this room, it's a giant, giant, giant room. Uh, at the sort of midway point, uh, because there's almost emptiness, there's just pipes running out. Uh, half the room is empty, but at midway point of this room, there is a big wire fence, and there's a big door attached to it. And on the other side of that door is a giant, giant machine. It's like a big pump. This is the water filtering machine. This does it for the entire city of Tudo. You've never seen a contraption so big. The gnomes really outdid themselves on this. But it's old, and it hasn't been in use for a long time. The sound that you are hearing is coming from a large glowing object. Uh, it's about the size of an ostrich egg, and it is connected to the main pipe that runs out just above in place of the connection that would normally be there for this giant machine. Uh, it's glowing. There's a, the sound of water is rushing through it. Oh, uh, Baldar, uh, Balgar, I need your uh, cold box. I need your cold box, remember? Yeah, no problem. Here you go. It's still on my head. Yeah, um, so there's there's a door and there's there's a fence and so and there's the kidney finally after all these years i have the thing that you fools you, you brought me right where my heart desires ah cornelius you will finally be in control of the kidney Baldar will seize upon this moment of cornelius finally seeming evil to rip cornelius off of the bow and throw the skull into the water I stopped him. I stopped him when he turned evil, Balgar. You don't know what happened. He was my friend, and he betrayed me. I think we're better just forgetting about Cornelius and being friends with each other, Balgar. Yeah. Are you trying to kiss me? Maldar will not kiss Balgar, but he'll give him a peck. He'll give him a peck on the cheek. You can see on the other side of the of the fence that there's a large pipe. And you hear a sound walking through that of almost metal on rock. Finnick uh, takes this opportunity to hide behind any of the pipes that are around. I gotta take some cover. Maldar gives Balgar a hug that is also just him motioning Balgar in front of him, between him and the sound. Balgor pulls out his battle axe, squints into the darkness, and prepares to attack anything that comes within range. Slowly moving from the back recesses of this room, what looks like a full suit of plate armor, dragging a weapon along beside it. Finnick pulls out his short bow in readiness and yells out, What are ya? No response. I'm Balgor. You were talking to the thing. You were talking to the thing. I was talking to the thing. You remember reading in a certain religious text, heroes uh, had to fight disembodied animated armors, like suits of armors that had nobody inside them except malevolent energy. The animated armor has been moving slowly towards you as you try to figure out what you're going to do. Uh, you see that the weapon in his hand was not a weapon, but a giant lever that he sticks, cranks it open. The gate slowly opens, pulls out the lever, walks through as the gate closes behind him. 
Finnick, from behind the pipe that he is hiding behind, pulls out his short bow and fires at the armor. The bow flies true, smacks the top of his helmet, dings him quite hard. If there was somebody inside, you would think that he would be uh, really hearing that. He looks towards you with glowing eyes. Maldar pulls out a finger gun from his pocket and goes pew, 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 and fires an eldritch blast at the animated armor. The armor, almost as though he was a hockey goalie, is able to split his legs so that the eldritch blast goes right through the five hole. You wouldn't think he'd be so nimble. Well, I do a lot of work. You were talking about that guy again. You were talking Sorry. Balgor sheaths his battle axe, pulls out his longbow, and takes a shot while still crying about both Cornelius and his tribe that have been wiped out. If uh, you'd waited till you stopped crying, you wouldn't be heaving in a very unattractive manner as you tried to pull this bow back, so your arrow does not fly true. So Agata pokes her head around the door and throws a guiding bolt at this suit of armor. Uh, This bolt must have been laser-guided because it smacks right into the chest plate of the animated armor, rocking its world. Uh, You see it shudder, and little bursts of light flash out from the chinks in the armor at the joints. And it sort of heaves as though it's been winded, as though the, the, the spell inside has been winded by this. Uh, the armor starts marching towards you with a, the purpose that could only come from something that is a programmable object. It's, it's just out there to kill. It starts moving towards you guys at the doorway. Finnick, in an attempt to get behind the armor, sneaks along the pipes on the wall, breaks off when he is clearly out of clearly out of the periphery of the armor. The armor which has no eyes does not see him. <laughs> <laughs> Maldar will continue to make his finger gun eldritch blast, but now he's backing away slowly, uh, trying to aim more carefully. Not because Maldar is a particularly good shot, but more because of the residual holy energy of Agata's attack. Uh, one of the the Eldritch Blast almost ricochets off the ground from the terrible shot he took, but it ricochets somehow and hits the armor right in the knee. Still counts! Balgor bites down on his lip, cutting it, and sucks the blood. He... He visibly shakes as the anger builds inside of him, and he rages. He rushes towards the armor and screams, You killed Cornelius! He swings his battle axe. I don't quite remember it that way, but go get him! Uh, The battle axe swipes through the air. It's a mighty, mighty swing. This thing intends to do harm it intends but intention is not always action uh because the armor is still grabbing its knee it is ducked down a bit and your swipe just goes a bit over its head agata pulls out her long sword and attacks but this attack just sort of bounces off the grill and now that agata is within the range of his arms the suit of animated armor raises up a gauntlet raises up its left raises up its right and slams down with two fists one of which slams right onto the top of your skull agata falls 
beneath the mighty blows of this animated armor, and it stands over her prone form. You almost feel like he's gloating. Finnick, stealthily 20 feet behind him, runs up to his foe, takes out his rapier on his run, and stabs it into the back. For all the good it had done you, it might as well have been a fencing rapier, because it just sort of bounces off the back. That was a very, very well-armored piece, and you just did not do enough to it. Maldar continues with his fingers guns, but he's just going even more wild. He is blissfully aware that he is missing. Everybody appreciates the Kiss-esque lightning show you're giving us, but it doesn't really seem to do anything to the enemy. Malgor swings his battle axe, still raging. It's Cornelius! Also, I'm also upset about the tribe thing, but mostly Cornelius, he took from me! The battle axe misses poorly. Standing in front of this uh, suit of armor is not a safe place to be as he raises his gauntlets. Brings them down in almost a double axe handle, but at the last moment they split aside, trying to get you on the side of the head. One smashing right into your left ear, the other one just stopping before as if to taunt you. Ow! Finnick, discouraged with his weapons, the ball bearings that he has in his burglar's pack, and tosses them under the feet of the animated suit of armor. They roll under like as though they were micro-machines in Home Alone. They're curiously effective. Uh, everyone within a five-foot radius of these ball bearings who is on their feet is no longer on their feet, but is now lying prone as they slip on the ball bearings. So that includes both the animated armor and Balgor the Barbarian. Ugh! Come on, dude. I'm trying to do something here. But look at him! He's like a turtle! <sighs> Two turtles! Muldar for a brief second considers trying to throw a torch and blow up the methane, realizing he'll mostly hit his friends instead. So instead, he just does the finger guns in the form of a rifle this time? And it's <laughs> much more accurate. And he shoots. Well, now that you're actually lining up your eyesight your line of sight on this is much better uh especially because it's such an unmissable target and the animated armor takes the full blast of this thing it's shaking you see uh spectral energy just leaking out of everything Balgor jumps to his feet still raging like he's really angry about the whole cornelius thing and he screams like, I'm really angry about the Cornelius thing. And he slams his axe down on the animated armor. Then you should say animated because the strength of this axe blow, uh, to those looking on it, it's almost as though uh, you see this thing moving through a different dimension, as though you are powering up a Dragon Ball Z attack. It is that powerful. It smashes down on this armor so hard, right in the crotch for some reason, uh, that the entire lower half of the armor just crumbles to dust under the pressure of this, and the spectral energy seems to dissipate weakly. I'm going to name that armor Fred. Bye, Fred. Belgor picks up the lever. Well done, my friend. You passed the test. Cornelius? Yes, it's me. I've come back to you. Anyway, you want to put me in the door thing and open the door? Finnick runs over to Agata and assesses the situation with her health. Uh, you find that it's fairly easy to stabilize her, so uh, she's no longer in danger. She's... Uh, she seems to be resting comfortably. Balgor takes the cooler that he's been wearing on his head the whole time, 
Hey, Moldor, here's your cold box. Can I offer you a kidney? That sounded like it was a pun, but it's just the fact of what's happening. You just uh, get a closer look at this kidney. It is like sort of shackled in uh, as though there's like chains holding it into. Basically, it's getting in the way of all the water. All the water is flowing through it as though it was a Brita filter. All right, I'll toss. Hey, I can't toss you the kidney. It's shackled in here. Okay, you know what? We'll just we'll go in there. And, uh, I'm in here now. I'm next to the kidney. Okay, and we'll just we'll, we'll just wiggle it. We'll just try to wiggle it out. Yeah. All right, you take one side. I'll take the yeah, other. Yeah, we'll yeah. We'll some... wiggle it. We'll just we'll keep the get the cooler underneath. Wait it. a minute. What? Cornelius, can you help me with this? You know what? Um, yeah, I could. You could use me as like a wiggling lever to to wiggle it. I think Cornelius has done enough for us. Let's not use Cornelius for a while. You know, Archimedes said with a Cornelius big enough. You could move the entire world. Uh, Mulder turns to the rest of his party, despite looking like they're very busy with Agata, being like, we need to get him to a head doctor more quickly than we need to get her to a body doctor, like right away. Finnick is trying his best to give her CPR. Doesn't really know how to do it, but that's what he's trying. He's mostly just spitting in her mouth. Are you sure? Sure you don't want to come back here and do my thing? Yeah, I'm, g- I'm gonna leave them to their thing. Uh, let- let's do our thing. All right, I'm gonna. I'll take this side. You take that side. You push, I'll pull, or I push, you pull. It's okay. I learned this in Bronze Star at the YMCA. That's like a lot of letters and things that I don't know what he's talking about. I'll push, you pull. I put. I'll. I'll do the opposite it. of whatever you start doing. I'm gonna just start pushing. Just start. Okay. All right. Balgar and Maldar push and pull. So it starts to rock back and forth, and it's rolling, but then it almost starts seeming to move on its own, and you feel like every time it moves towards you, you feel a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a buzz, but then as you feel that moving away, then eventually it comes free and the water rushes through. You can tell that no, now there's dirty water going into the pipe. Somebody's not gonna have a good glass of water this morning. But Balgor, it goes into your hands, and you almost hear this. You are not worthy. Uh, okay, this is crazy, right? But I feel like I'm not as... I feel sad, like I'm letting my tribe down, you know what I mean? No one else knows what you're talking about. Oh, what am I even trying to use words? I'm going to go back to actions. Look, Malgar, you, you've you've had a lot of voices in your head recently, so whatever they're telling you, just just ignore it for now, okay? You're good. We like you, and it's okay. Balgor slowly falls from his feet and enters a uh, cross-legged position, hanging his head in shame. You could never command me. Oh, God. Maldar just uses the cooler to scoop up the kidney out of his hands. Balgor jumps to his feet. The voice is no longer in your head. Can I say something? I'm awesome. Period. And so our heroes have vanquished a, an empty suit of armor that couldn't really see them nor make its own decisions. Uh, they've killed two generations of hard-working kobolds, but by Gus, they have completed their mission. They've got that kidney. I didn't think they could do it. Really, did you think they would be able to do it? Because I didn't think...
This has been Caverns and Comedians, Dungeons and Dragons powered storytelling with Toronto Comedians. Starring John Richardson as Balgor the Barbarian, Oliver Giorgio as Finnick the Rogue, Joanna Houghton as Agatha the Cleric, Maddox Campbell as Maldar the Warlock, and Kyle Scott as the Dungeon Master. Audio recording by Andrea Miller, theme by Derek Baldwin, edited by Maddox Campbell, created by Kyle Scott and Maddox Campbell. Opening and credits read by Ralph McLeod. Caverns and Comedians is a Kicks and Giggles production. More information can be found at kicksandgigglesentertainment.com slash cavernsandcomedians or on iTunes. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and review it. Your support will help us make more episodes. Thanks for listening.